Welcome to Neutral Site. We are a college football podcast. You got Houston here, Glenn on the other end. So we are starting a new podcast related to college football because we feel like there's an opportunity to bring interesting and unbiased takes to the sports. Uh, this year, 2019, is the 150th anniversary of the first college football game. So it's a pretty big year for the sport. Uh, so we want to talk about it. Uh, college football is the best. Uh, Glenn, you want to jump into yeah. why uh, you believe college football is the best? Oh, man, it's it's everything. The fans, uh, the bands, the atmosphere. Uh, I, I think something you talk a lot about is, is once you're a fan of your team, when you went to school there or whether you grew up there, you were always a fan of that versus kind of professional sports. There's just more passion, and uh, you like the word, which I appreciate, pageantry, yeah. the college football. Uh, th- there's so much more there. That's right. Yeah, so the tradition, I think, is the big thing, right? And I like the fact that, you know, we'll get into our teams here in a few seconds, but, you know, once you're kind of a proud member of that school and a fan of that team, you always will be. You know, professional sports, you get a lot of uh, movement of players and management and even sometimes fans. I've uh, crossed yeah. over. I used to, when I was a kid, I was a Boston Red Sox fan, for example, and now I'm a, back to a Miami <laughs> Marlins fan. But that's never going to happen with my college team, you know, so that's, that's kind of part of it. So. No, I mean, I'd say I've pulled back from professional sports watching them as much, mm-hmm. you know, being the Chicago Cubs, all of it, but college football is my number one sport. Yeah. No question. Yeah, same here. So on that note, there, so there's a lot of, you know, college football information out there. There's, you know, several podcasts, but we feel like there's still opportunity to kind of improve on the, on the medium, if you will. So we're going to bring you kind of a lot of content, but with a different slant. We're going to use a lot of stats, factual information, but we're also going to have some fun. We feel like that's maybe lacking out there. Uh, so we hope you enjoy what we're about to put out. Um, but let's let's uh, tackle the uh, Homer issue, Glenn. <laughs> That's always a risk. It's always a risk. Yeah. So you want to go into yeah. who, who's your team and why? It's obvious why, but but yes, yeah. I'm a I'm a twice over TCU Frog undergrad and, and grad school uh, TCU Horn Frogs out of Fort Worth, Texas. Go Frogs! Uh, and then you yourself? You yeah, Florida Gators all the way. Go Gators! Um, so I went there for two years as an undergrad. Uh, and then went back uh, for grad school and finally got my alumni status. But I'll always be a proud Gator. Um, love them to death. But on that note, Glenn, we're going to try our best here not to yeah. talk too much about TCU in Florida. <laughs> and we can't promise you that it's not going to creep in every now and then. No, I mean, we have it today. You know, yeah. that TCU's on there today. Uh, we'll, we'll, but it's justified. I, I promise it is a statistically backed up reason. That's right. So I think a good place to start for this year is recapping last year, Glenn, if you want to lead us off there. Let's do it. So uh, last year was just kind of more of the same where uh, you get to the national championship and it's Alabama and Clemson part four, Um, part four being that's four years in a row they've played each other, uh, three of those four being championships. Uh, Alabama going into it was a six-point favorite a week before, uh, five-and-a-half-point favorite the day before uh, with an over-under of 56.5 in Vegas. Uh, usually knows <laughs> on a scoring basis they were they were nearly dead on uh, in terms of the favorite Clemson came out and just controlled them 44-16 Clemson won Trevor Lawrence only the second true freshman QB to win a title since uh, Jamel Holloway which uh, Houston you noted uh, something interesting about Jamel yeah so my first ever college football game my dad brought me to the the old Orange Bowl rest in peace Orange Bowl doesn't exist anymore down in Miami and we saw number one versus number two. I I think Oklahoma was number one at that point. They were coming off a national title season, as Glenn mentioned, uh, and Miami was number two. 
And Jamel Holloway was still the starting quarterback for Oklahoma. And a, a quick little tidbit, interesting point about that game for the true college football fans out there. Uh, one of the legendary linebackers in college football history is Brian Bosworth. And Miami basically took it to him that game. And, and towards the end of the game, the, the fans were chanting, bye-bye, Bosworth. Um, and they had a little song already. They must have pre-made it up. And the atmosphere was completely insane. Anyone who knows anything about the Orange Bowl knows that that was one of the uh, truest home field advantages in the country. Uh, so it, it's really cool to say my first ever college football game was number one, Oklahoma, number two, Miami, in the Bob Bi- Bi- oh game. Yep. Yeah, no wonder you're a college football fan, too. <laughs> Starting like that, it's all yeah, man. That's right. Um, and I'll, lastly, I'll just note, I think, because it still is a lot of fun to watch, Justin Ross, the freshman, yep. uh, who's an Alabama native, you know, was recruited heavily by Alabama, ended up going to Clemson. Uh, he just had highlight after highlight. We'll post that on uh, Twitter uh, after the show and in some of our show notes. We'll put it out there, easy to find. It's just fun to watch and scary because both of those guys were freshmen. <laughs> so it should be a fun year. Yep, for sure. Uh, move, moving on from the game, just a, a quick summary of kind of the awards and how it happened. Uh, for the second year in a row, an OU QB wins the Heisman in Kyler Murray. Uh, and uh, that said, Tua from Alabama won the Maxwell, but not the Heisman. And, and I don't, I still don't, I know it happens a lot, but I still don't fully understand how that happens, how one QB can win several of the offensive awards, but another QB or player can win the Heisman. Yeah. But I guess that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's weird. And I, I, I'll, I'll take a 30-second rant here. It happened to my, my man, Timmy <laughs> Tebow, back in uh, 2008. So he won the Heisman in 2007, dominated that year, clear, clear-cut Heisman. Uh, he should have won it, and maybe I'm a little biased again, trying to cut that out as much as possible. <laughs> he should have won it in 2008 as well. But there was a weird conspiracy. Uh, so Sam Bradford won it, oh, Oklahoma boy. quarter, another Oklahoma quarterback, Sam Bradford. Um, there was a weird thing where a lot of the uh, voters in that region of the country, meaning around the Oklahoma and Big 12 area, completely left Tebow off uh, of their ballots. Like not even third place, not even you know second place. Weird. So he should have won back-to-back Heisman's and been the only, uh, t- uh, only the second two-time winner of the award. But hey, what can you do? Hey, you know, Glenn. I know we only have two minutes on this on our show notes. But do you think there's another a chance for another Oklahoma quarterback to win it this year? Jalen Hurts coming <laughs> yeah. in hot. I, you know, I, I would say I would say it's possible, right? And and Lincoln Riley sure seems to know how to whisper to him. Mm-hmm. But from what I read and hear, Jalen Hurts isn't even the. He's not even the set starter yet for OU. Right. So I, I, I don't, you know, if he is the QB, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's a lot of talent out there right now. So yeah. I, I don't I haven't done enough research to say who I really think is going to have it. But I guess it wouldn't – it would it would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me for another OU QB to win. It'd be kind of those it, – it's like the feeling of Alabama. Is that, you know, is Alabama and Clemson, are, are they going to be in the national title again, right. game again this year? Uh, sure, uh, you know. Yeah, I, yeah sure, yeah, maybe. Probably, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm not going to bet against them. That's right. So, okay, so uh, moving on from there, we, we want to – let's hit on some of the surprises, good and bad, mm-hmm. from last season. Because, again, one of the best parts of college football is, you know, that the NFL has any given Sunday, but there is any given season for college football, uh, good and bad. So we're going we're gonna to start with the surprise team, good, and I'm going to kick us off with – this one was a lot of fun to, to continue to read about was Army. Mm-hmm. And, I, it, yeah, I mean, how do you not root for – one of our military academies thriving in football, but what we've been used to has been Navy. But Army came out this year, uh, 11 wins. It was their most uh, ever. They obviously were nowhere near the rankings during the year, but they ended up uh, entering the rankings in week 12, uh, first time being ranked since 1996. Hmm. 
and they ended up having the highest ranking they've ever had since 1958 when they had the Heisman winner, Pete Dawkins. Uh, their strategy, their way of getting there, run, 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 run. Uh, Jeff Monken, their coach, uh, who I would love to do a whole kind of portion just on his strategy and how he approached it. Uh, he had, you know, they, they run the, I think it's the, the flex option or the triple option, and he did that at Georgia Southern. He got recruited into Army. And his strategy was using analytics to inform his decision to get to fourth down, get to a fourth and one, yeah. and go from it. I mean, if you if you read, and again, when I can do a deep dive, we'll hit on more of this. If you read on, they do a fourth and one from their own 30, up, you know, three, and they'll go for it. <laughs> and they did it. They got, like, more fourth down conversions, like, ever for, for a team. I mean, it was crazy. I love it. And the stats were great. Um, and I'll say, you know, people are saying that they have a chance to have another good season. They have, uh, you know, a lot of the same team and, uh, one of the, I think a lot of people rate them one of the weaker schedules. So uh-huh. there'll be another fun one to, to watch again. And it's, um, that was one of the surprise teams for me. That was a lot of fun to, to read up on. Yeah. And maybe I don't spoiler alert, but next week we might talk about uh, best rivalries. So I, I've always wanted mm. to see the army Navy game. I don't want to go into it too much, but I, I watch it every year. And I'll, including in 2018, and Army looked good, man. They're they're a tough team, so yeah, watch out for a repeat <laughs> yeah, can, from them. Yep, they and they always outcondition people. That's what they'll always have. Yeah. So the uh, surprising team number two uh, that we had on our list was Kentucky. So let's face it, uh, they defeated Florida first time in what 31 <laughs> years. Uh, so for for me, that was tough to watch. But congratulations to them. The, um, to see how they reacted to the victory in that game was was incredible. It was really cool to see, even as a Florida fan, um, you know, many, many, many years in the making. So they had, they had a great year, uh, made the AP poll first time since 2007, which I'm actually surprised that it was that current. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember them ever being ranked in my life. So the fact that, I mean, <laughs> you know, 2007 still what, you know, 11 years from 2018, but – I was surprised to see it was that current. Great year. First bowl win uh, since 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Penn State, which is awesome. Because, good bowl win. Yeah, good. Yeah. Citrus Bowl. Uh, I always root against Penn State for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and to see the SEC team uh, beat them was nice. They had some superstars, man. Josh Allen, uh, their defensive end. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you're a college football fan, so you know who he is. Defensive, uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Drafted seventh overall by, I believe, the Jaguars, right? I think the Jaguars drafted him. Uh, they had a great running back. I think he was a second-team, all-SEC type guy. Uh, so they had a solid core of guys. A lot of them got drafted and left, so we'll see how they uh, kind of recover this year. Uh, but I also did want to mention one of their <laughs> offensive linemen, who's actually a good player, <laughs> but his name is uh, Bunchy Stallings. And uh, if I made up an all-name team in the SEC at least, uh, Bunchy Stallings would definitely make it. Um, He'd be up there, but there's a lot of competitions. So there's some good names out that's there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, they did so well that their coach, Mark Stoops, uh, who's a great coach, by the way, won SEC mm-hmm. Coach of the Year, which is always tough to do. So uh, shout out to Kentucky as a Florida uh, fan. Respect to them. Uh, great year. You know, hopefully they'll be solid again this year. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, another surprise team we, we saw was Washington State, the Washington State Cougars. I mean, they were nowhere near, near being ranked in the preseason. They finished 11 and two, beat Oregon and Stanford, won a bowl game, got to their 11 wins, uh, and you know you got to give credit to not just the team but Mike Leach, the coach. Yeah. And you, you made this comment, and I, I agree. I mean, is, is he the most interesting coach in the NCAA? If he's not, he's he's right up there. 
he's got to, I mean, he's got to be, this guy is like crazy in a good way. Right. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. you know how, like I'm always interested in interesting. Right. So it's, it's cool to see someone like that, uh, you know, at a D one school or whatever you want to call it now. Like it, and he's had success basically everywhere he's went. So he's, he's a character. That's for sure. He, uh, last November, he, he, I don't know if they actually ended up doing this class, but he put out a poll on, on Twitter and he said, uh, I'm thinking about teaching an evening seminar class next semester with my friend, Senator um, Bumgartner. And he said, leadership lessons, the, the class is called leadership lessons in insurgent warfare yeah. and football strategy. I mean, that would be one of the most popular classes at any school you go to. I mean, if they, if he put it on now, I'd try to go back to school just for that class <laughs> just once. For sure. It'd and be awesome. And again, it's, I mean, that's, interesting to tie those two concepts together so i you know i'd like to maybe Absolutely. so if someone has a, a video of that class that they shot throw it up on youtube and send us a link because I'd, I'd like to see what he's talking about and how they're linking those things together it's cool absolutely so and you know so there was some uh those teams were good but there were also other teams that were good against the spread so for those of you out here that are interested in the whole the, the vegas thing um obviously Washington State was really good against the spread just because they were a surprise team, meaning, you know, every week people were doubting their ability to cover the spread and, and, and beat their opponent even. So they did really well. There were some surprise teams on here for me as someone who keeps up with um, kind of the Vegas-related information with college football. Florida International stuck out to me as, as someone that was successful against the mm -hmm. spread because I don't think they had the year that they thought they were going to have, but they were still – uh, really good when it comes to defeating the spread. And maybe that's because people just doubted them, so they bet against them. Not sure. Haven't looked into the stats, if you will, on that. But I was I was kind of surprised to see them up there. I thought um, since they had a kind of a down year that it would be the opposite. Um, the people Because mm. the year before that, they were pretty good. So I thought people yeah. would uh, bet on them and then lose. But apparently that didn't happen. So shout out to Kiffin. No, maybe – the second most interesting coach in the country. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there too. And, and I'll, I'll say Syracuse was one that could have made our surprise teams good list as well. Yeah. I think they, they had a very surprisingly good year. And it shows in the, in the spread too. They were one of the better teams against the spread. Yeah, 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 for sure. So th those are some good surprises, but there's also some bad. So, Glenn, I'm going to let you uh, start our first uh, bad team for obvious yeah. reasons here in a second. So yeah. what you got? I got to bring it home, and, and TCU was one of the surprise bad teams. And uh, I mean, they were ranked 19th to start the season, right? So they were up there; they're expecting big things. We we had some talent coming back. Uh, we had uh, one of our like best recruits, Sean Robinson, who's now at Missouri, uh, ready to start, uh, and we ended up going seven and six. It was a rough year. So starting, you know, projected to be having a chance to really compete in the Big 12 title game by the end of the year. And ended up going seven and six. Now a lot of that really was um, part of its talent. It always is. You just you get beat. But at the end of the day, like we were decimated by injuries. Yeah. Um, we had twenty season injury ending injuries. We had thirty five <sighs> players missing four or more games um, out of like eighty five people on the roster. Right. Um, a big one of the biggest ones. I mean, it started in the start of the season. We lost Ross Blacklock, who was freshman uh, co. I think it was freshman Big Twelve Player of the Year or co. Defense Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, he went out before the season started. Uh, and then we ended up going through all of our quarterbacks. At the end of the year, we had a third-string <laughs> quarterback playing and a freshman who had drop foot playing in a couple of games. So it was just – it was a lot of injuries. Um, honestly, this is, this is – I don't know if this is like a backhanded compliment, but a lot of people compliment Gary Patterson's coaching for the fact that he got to 7-6 and six right. through that year. So 
rough year, hoping for a much better one um, this year. But we'll, you know, and it's hard to predict. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, man, those that injury number is crazy. I, I guess I didn't know yeah. that. I know, I know, cause, you know, obviously you and I talk offline all the time, but um, I'm shocked that those <laughs> the numbers are that high. That's, I mean, what are you gonna do? You know? Yeah, yeah. You just you roll with it, I guess. Yep. And you feel bad for the for the I mean for the players. I mean, you, sure, it's hard for all of them. Well, TCU wasn't the only um, kind of disappointing team. The next one we had was Wisconsin. So the reason why Wisconsin was disappointing is because they started off, at least in the AP poll, ranked number four, which, you know, Mm. you're hoping to compete for a playoff spot and those kind of things. They won seven games overall, but if you're preseason number four, seven games isn't going to cut it. You should probably be in the double digits. Um, And kind of to pour salt in the wounds for them, they lost to both Northwestern and Minnesota. Uh, those are two bad losses on a on a team like Wisconsin, uh, and, and they also had the worst, at least from what I've seen, the worst change in what their preseason ranking were, was versus their postseason ranking. So they dropped, they went basically from number four uh, to unranked, which is pretty bad. Mm. Um, and so, Glenn, this this question's kind of in jest, but is Wisconsin ever going to win a title? They're always seemingly <laughs> up there in the top ten, top five, and then they just drop off they lose to ohio state like right. what's going on with wisconsin you think i i don't i couldn't tell you what's going on but i, I will say it's only going to get harder it feels like the big 10 is getting more competitive yeah uh you know michigan state's competitive there but penn state has really i, I think with james franklin been uh, getting stronger northwestern over the past you know over pat fitzgerald's uh, coaching tenure is legitimately competitive every year i mean they're they're not necessarily you're not going to be the top dog, you know. It's always going to be, it's Ohio State for the foreseeable future, but mm-hmm. um, they're getting up there. So I just think there was I think Big Ten is going to continue to get more competitive, which is going to be harder for Wisconsin. But you you'll continue to see a lot of them this year, especially with Jonathan Taylor, yeah. who I mean he's he's one of the best running backs in the country, uh, probably on his way to a first round draft pick. So we'll we'll see how they do, but it's going to be a tough year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 might be like running back you, you know? Is that the, do they have the best? Stable of running backs in the last 20 years, Texas, but even Texas going back, you know, Wisconsin's up there for sure. That's the, I'm going to make a note. That's something worth coming back to. I don't know. So, I mean, Ron, I'm not going to go into names because I'm not going to remember them all right now, but Ron Dane, uh, Taylor, you know, they got guys breaking records, it seems like. And it's weird because they're not like, we were speaking about Army earlier, but they're not, if you look at the stats, they don't rush the ball the most out of all the teams. They just, for whatever reason, uh, are one of the more successful every year, seemingly. So, You know, I, I always feel like the Big Ten is, and although I think it's changed a little bit, Ohio State's with their talent, but Big Ten has always, to me, been very much of a heavy defense. Yeah. Big linemen run. Yeah. Like that, you know, get big linemen, run the ball, push through. Although teams, I think like Nebraska's up and coming too, I, I think they have some talent to a little bit more passing. You know, Ohio State's obviously had a lot of talent going beyond that. Yep. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm more so thinking of Wisconsin, the likes of Wisconsin, Iowa, um, you know, Penn State with Barkley, what they had. A lot, lot more running backs in those conferences. I, whether it's a question of is Wisconsin running back you, I'd also be curious is, is the Big Ten consistently have like some of the strongest running backs yeah. throughout the year. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so uh, another one of our teams that was on that surprise bad list was USC. Um, I, I think USC is one of the schools. I mean, they were ranked high in the preseason, 15 in the AP. They only won five games and we're, this was their first losing record since 2000 so it wasn't even just that it was a disappointment like it was a rough year <laughs> yeah. for them uh yeah. i mean lost to stanford uh early on in the season got beat by texas and that was a hard one 
I think USC was a disappointment because I think people are, are there's so much talent going in there, and they're so, we're so used to at least over the last twenty years them really leaving the Pac-12 that people were like, okay, it's time for them to get up and going. Yeah. And uh, this year just wasn't just wasn't the year. Yeah, I'm always shocked that they're if they're not in the top fifteen to twenty. I'm shocked just because. Yeah. The size of the school, the talent pool there in L.A., the, the the tradition behind their university. I know everybody goes through, you know, ebbs and flows, if you will. But, yeah, they just didn't cut it. And, again, another spoiler alert, we're going to dive into the conferences next week. So one of our questions that, that Glenn and I have is how important is USC to the Pac-12? I'm not going to give you my answer because we'll talk about that next week. But uh, I think I think we all know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so – our last one here on the on the bad surprises was was Michigan State. So they were what 11, 12 maybe in preseason polls, and they ended up the season unranked. Correct. So you know they had up and down year, but they got blown out a couple times. You know they struggled against some weak teams. Uh, they had a very bad and boring bowl game, and. I feel like Michigan State is similar to Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's maybe had a better run over the last 10 years. But Michigan State always seems to be ranked pretty well and then kind of drop off. At least that's what I thought. But I looked into it, and they're actually one of the more uh, underrated teams over the last 15 years. So I looked at some stats. Uh, I believe it's – is it is it Stesson or – I'll have to pull up the, yeah. uh, the site. Sesson, I think. Uh, they they did kind of an over under preseason final rankings comparison and Michigan State's actually one of the more underrated teams which to mm-hmm. me my I found that surprising my gut instinct is Michigan State's always ranked in the top fifteen and they lose to Minnesota and then they're unranked at the end of the year so I was kind of surprised to see that um, I have a weird thing for Michigan State I kind of cheer for them I don't know why uh, but yeah definitely a disappointment this well, year. See, maybe that maybe that reason you, you cheer for him is the and we'll we'll post the Stassen link. We'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. That way, it's kind of easy to find because it it is a useful, uh, interesting view. But yeah. I think Michigan State is, is, I think they do are considered an underdog every year, and and Dan Tony, you know, really um, takes them a lot farther than people expect. So maybe you you like them because of that underdog mentality, not realizing that they often are considered yeah. an underdog. That's true. Maybe so. A little psychology here on neutral site. Yeah, there you, <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, you ha- when you're talking about people like Leach and you know Mike Leach and his classes, you got to really think deeper. You got to go a little bit further. So that's what we're trying to do. That's right. Uh, that's right. So game of the year last year. Hmm. I, this was, I mean, this was easy. I mean, it was the LSU at Texas A&M game, seventy four, seventy two, and seven overtimes. <laughs> I mean, it had everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Read off some of the highlights from uh, just the the game experience. Yeah. So there was a. So I I think. Um, was it so LSU thought they had it in the, you know, they thought they had it right at the end there. Yeah. And there, so there's a pre- yeah premature Gator ba- or Gatorade bath. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I can't remember the exact scenario. There was they thought they stopped them at the goal line like a no. Know. So so Kellen Mond so they they snap it's like you know last play of the game. Kellen Mond gets uh, gets the snap yeah. and fumbles the snap uh, and he he like has to reach down grab, catch the ball pick it back up. Throws an interception. That's right. That's back. right. Yeah. Uh, and looking at, and then they go back to the replay, and they realize like Kellen Mond when he grabbed the ball off the ground, his knee He's touched down. the ground. That's right. And yeah. it was it was the right it was the right call. I mean, it was the right call, but it was and so the, he got another play, and boom, touchdown. <laughs> and then that that set it off. Yeah, yeah. that's and that just set off just an incredible series of overtimes. That was right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, a lot of people watching. Oh, yeah. What a game. What a game. And uh, side note, there was uh, supposedly a fight between a coach's nephew and a dude with a pacemaker. So oh, f- throw that throw that into the mix, and you got the game of the year. 74-72, seven overtimes at Texas A&M, which is one of the best atmospheres in college football, yes. Uh, yes. which makes it that much better. No They're on the come up. They're a, a program that's looking promising. So game of the year, 2018, LSU at Texas yeah. A&M for sure. Yeah, my, my girlfriend was at that game. Yeah, that's right. She is like everything – I mean, they had two great games. The Clemson game to start the year yeah. as well was a lot of – that was a good game. Yep. So, yeah, that was definitely game of the year. Um, kind of shifting gears here to wrap up uh, this past season. Uh, I think, again, going to the kind of that pre-postseason is interesting and looking at the what the final rankings came out. Obviously, Clemson on top, um, Alabama. Uh, a lot of what we talked about, some of the surprise teams jumped up there with Army, Kentucky as high as 12. Mm-hmm. Um there were only 12 teams on the final were not uh, on the original rankings uh, and only one non-ranked team made the top 10, which I think is interesting. And, and again, for another topic, how hard it, how important, even though it's kind of, I don't know how relevant it is necessarily or predictive, but how important it is to be ranked to, to start yeah. the difference yeah. to start the season. Uh, biggest deltas through the year, you know, Washington state moved up six or went up 16 uh, LSU in, in UK in Kentucky, excuse me, both were 14 moves. Um, anything else you'd add? Well, I was surprised, actually, that LSU moved up that far, only because I, I, I want to go back and look where they were ranked preseason. How do they move up 14 slots? Usually they're ranked pretty high. So that was that was interesting to me. Um, and I think this was kind of a like weird mix, because so 12, te- so 12 teams on the final that were not on the original, I think that's a lot. But the fact that only one non-ranked made up the top 10. It's a weird mix between how accurate these preseason rankings are uh, and then how off they are as well. And the, the bottom half of the top 25, no one knows what they're talking about. I mean, there's a clear top <laughs> yeah. 10 or top 8, whatever you want to call But top 25, people are – I've seen Iowa State on this year's top 25 pre like, – no one knows what they're doing, right? So it's a, it's a yeah. weird uh. – it's, it's a weird mix and an interesting mix, so – Yes. Yeah. And I'm not going to – I know, uh, Glenn, I have the Gators here on my uh, uh, show notes, if you will. I'm not going to talk about them. They had both a surprising um, year, good and bad. Well, I would agree, yeah. Well, you know, 10 wins, great big bowl game win, but they also lost to Kentucky and Missouri. So Yeah, could, no, I think that's fair. Could have been in the mix. So, okay, moving well, forward. Th- that was the rankings for uh, 2018. So we got some preseason rankings now for 2019. Uh, so, Glenn, I don't know if you had time to go into, you know, these lists, if you will, to see if you had any. Like which we selected? Which we selected. Yeah. What's in there? <laughs> um, whichever. Whatever you want to talk. If you have any surprises <laughs> or or if if you, you know, had teams that were left off or, or maybe a little too high. I, I want to get into – um, eventually, maybe not today, but the whole ESPN FPI thing. Yeah, I, I f- yeah. I find it very interesting. Here's why. I'll give you a ex- perfect example here. Uh, Tennessee right now, Tennessee, is ranked number 15 in the ESPN FPI, but they're nowhere in any of the mm. polls that I've seen. Um, so, I, and then again, so, and then on the other end of the spectrum, Texas, 
number 24 in the FPI, but they're super high in most of the other polls, yeah. you know, 11, 12, 13. So I'm curious, you know, if we should maybe spend a few minutes in next week's podcast uh, diving into our thoughts and feelings on the FPI. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's worth explaining because I think what we're, we're looking here, obviously the, you know, AP and um, coaches polls aren't, aren't really um, active or out there for us. So yeah. What we we have is the NCAA poll, is the ESPN FPI, which I agree would be fascinating to kind of dig into, and because there's so many different rankings, it's like what do you pay attention to? Um, and then also there's a there's a again Stassen has a uh, great kind of cumulative national top 25 where they pull in mm-hmm. the polls across Athlon, Street and Smith, Phil Steele, which are all tend to do kind of a lot of earlier in the season um, polls, and then they pull in things like ESPN and API or FPI and yeah. the AP poll. Um, so I think those would be, uh, I think that's a useful view. Again, we'll, we'll include that in the show notes. Yep. Uh, I, I think, uh, to your comment earlier, I, about people not knowing about Iowa state, they're, they're ranked in a number of polls kind of in the, in the back half or bottom half, mm-hmm. but then they're not ranked in a number of other ones. I don't, they're not far outside, but they're, they're not in it. That's right. Yeah. So it, it, maybe, maybe that could even be a future topic is how do these different polls work? Why do they vary so much? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. And again, Preseason rankings, uh, yeah, everyone knows the top ten, you know, to a point, right? But the the bottom half there, yeah, I think we're all, you know, taking chances and in those kind of things. And maybe uh, in the next couple episodes, we'll get into Glenn and I's uh, predictions. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. All right, I like it. But speaking of that, so we're gonna have uh, week. We're gonna do this weekly. So uh, next week we'll be diving into some things. Uh, but we're going to do comp- conference previews, so maybe give you some projections on what we think. We're going to have the age-old tradition, best conference debate. So that'll, mm. that should be interesting between you and I, Glenn. And then we're also going to look at some uh, some of the toughest schedules in the country. Is it, just a, is it really going to be a best conference, or is it going to be like – Second best conference. Well, I just <laughs> if you if you ask me my opinion, yeah, it'll be uh, in the running. Who's in the running for second best conference? Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll elaborate on that because yeah. it, it's worth highlighting. But I mean, I hate, you know, I'm not happy with it. But come on, yeah, come on, yeah. So hey, real quick, college. Ga- so Glenn is over in the uh, DFW area, Fort Worth, Dallas area. Right. Um, so. We are debating. So college game day is going to be in DFW for for the opening week. Uh, so we're debating in Square, no less in Fort Worth. That's right. Uh, so we're debating going to that. So we'll keep you updated, Glenn. I mean, should we go? I want to. I mean, I, I'm I'll, I'm there. I'm nearby. Sunday in Square is cool. It's a lot of fun to see where they set up. Uh, it's it's probably one of the more underrated game day spots, just because I doubt anybody has any clue that that uh, Fort Worth gets game day yeah. to start the season. Yeah. Yeah, should be interesting. So stay tuned for our progress on that. I would like to go. Again, we'll have to look at dates and, and times and those kind of things. But uh, it would be super, super. I haven't been to a So I think I, my last game day was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Seriously? Great. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I feel like we have to now. Yeah, we might have to. So for the listeners out there, stay tuned for that. Cause <laughs> maybe you'll see us there. Yeah, yeah. maybe you'll see come, us there. Come visit us. Yeah, maybe we'll bring the uh, Washington State flag. <laughs> Somebody always has it. It's always it's there. Always there. You got a streak going. So, all right. Well, that's all we got for today. So we appreciate everybody listening. So we're up on Apple Podcast right now. Again, neutral site. College football podcast is where we're at. So go go find us on there. We'll be up on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcast uh, shortly. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at neutral site cast. 
So go look for us on there. We'll start sharing some stats and information, and we can actually share some uh, show notes on there too, links to some of the stats and, and thoughts that we've been sharing with you guys. And our website is NeutralSitePodcast.com. So you can go on there and you can listen to our podcast from there. You can link to show notes. You can find out a little bit more about us. You can contact, email, comment on our post, those kind of things. Uh, so, Glenn, do you have any uh, final words? No, I'm, I'm excited uh, for next week. I'm excited to continue to do this, and I'm excited for the season to start. Man, this yep. is it's coming in hot. It is. It is. Hey, less than a month away. So we're, we're ready to go. So again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon.